Courteous de Horium Ghostman. Smee. Smee is a scary story by A.M. Burridge about a group of young people. We play a game of hide and seek in the haunted house where a young girl, young girl died. No, said Jackson with a dismay smile. I'm sorry. I don't want to upset your game. I shan't be doing that because you have plenty without me. But I'm not playing any games of hide and seek. It's Christmas Eve. We're a party of fourteen. We're just proper leaving, levering of youth. We dined well. It was the season of the charged games. All in the mood for playing them. All that is, except Jackson. When somebody suggested hide and seek, there was a rapturous, almost an anonymous approval. His was one dissentient voice. It's not like Jackson's bold sport to refuse to do as others wanted. Someone asked him if he was feeling seedy. No, he answered. I feel perfectly faint, thanks. But he added with a smile which softened without retracting a faint refusal. I'm not playing hide-and-seek. Why not? Someone asked. He hesitated for a moment without replying. before replying. I'm sometimes going to stay at a house where a girl was killed. You're playing hide-and-seek in the dark. She didn't know the house very well. There was a door that led to the servant's staircase. When she was chased, she fought the door, led to the bathroom. She opened the door and jumped and landed at the bottom of the stairs. She broke her neck, of course. We looked serious. Mrs. Fenley said, How terrible! And you were, you were there when it happened? Jackson shook his head. Sadly, no, he said. But I was there when something else happened. Something worse. What would be worse than that? This was, said Jackson. He hesitated a moment, then he said, I called it. wonder if any of you ever played a game called Smee. But it's much better than hide and seek. The name comes from it, me. Of course. Perhaps you'd like to play it instead of hide and seek. Let me tell you the rules of the game. Every player is given a sheet of paper. All those sheets of paper set the one a blank. On the last sheet of paper is written Smee. Nobody once knows who Smee is or sets me himself or herself. So no lights and Smee goes quietly out of the room and hides. For a little time the others go off to search for Smee. But of course they don't know why they're looking, who they're looking for. When one player meets another, he challenges him by saying it's me. The other player's answer is me. The is searching. But the real me doesn't answer when someone challenges. So the player stays quietly behind him. Playing a presently discovered by a third player. You challenge him to see to no answer. He will join the other first two. This goes on until the players are in the same place. Last one to find me was the player falls fit. It's a good, noisy, amusing game. The big house it often takes a long while time for that. So, some of the one defines me. Perhaps you'd like to try. I'm happily pay my forfeit and sit here by the fire by, while you play. Sounds a very good. That sounds a very a good game. I remarked. You played it too, Jackson? Yes, he answered. I played in the house that I was working, telling you about, and she was there. The girl who broke. No, no, someone said someone else. He told us he wasn't there when she broke her neck. Jackson thought for a moment. 
I didn't know if she was there or not. I'm afraid she was. I know there was a 13 of us playing the game. And there was only 12 of the people of the house. I didn't know the girl's name. That girl's name. I heard her whispered name in the dark. Didn't worry me, I tell you. I'm never going to play that kind of game again. You made me quite nervous for a long time. Fur to pay my forfeit at once. We all stared at him. His words did not make any sense at all. Tim Vouch was the kindest man in the world. He smiled at us all. This sounds like an interesting story, he said. Come on, Jackson. You can tell us to us instead of paying for forfeit. Very well, said Jackson. Here is my story. Have you met the Sang Sangs? They were cousins of mine. They live in Surrey. Five years ago, they invited me to go and spend Christmas with them. Old house with lots of unnecessary packages and staircases. A stranger could get lost in them quite easily. Well, I went down for the Christmas violet Sang Song. Sang Stong. They me and knew most of the guests, other guests. Unfortunately, I couldn't get away from my job until Christmas Eve. All the other guests had arrived the previous day. I arrived, arrived when I was only just in time for dinner. I said hello to everyone. I knew that Violet said Tom was just me. The dirt people I didn't know. But it's time to go to dinner. And perhaps why I didn't hear the name of the tall, dead-haired, dark-haired, handsome girl whom I didn't have met before. Everyone's in a rather hurry. I've always had bad at catching people's names. She looked cold and clever. She didn't look at all friendly. But she looked interesting. I wondered who she was. I didn't ask because I was sure that someone would speak to her by her name during the meal. And luckily, as I was a long way from her table, I was sitting next to Miss Goldman. And as usual, Miss Goldman was very, being very bright and amusing, concentrating all the worth listening to. I completely forgot to ask the name of the dark brow girl. The twelve of us, including the Tensons themselves, were all young, or trying to be young. Jack and Violet Tenson were the oldest. His seventeen-year-old Reggie, son Reggie was the youngest. If Reggie suggested to me when the talk turned to games, told us the rules of the games, just as I described to you to them. To you, Jack Samson ruled us all. You're going to play games in the dark, he said. Please be careful of the back stairs of the front floor. Door leads to them. I have them thought you were taking the door off. In the dark, the strangers up to the room could think they were walking to room. A girl really, really did break a neck on those stairs. I asked how it happened. About ten years ago, before we came here, there was a party and they were playing hide and seek. This girl was looking for somewhere to hide. She heard someone calling it coming. She rang along the passage to get away. She opened the door, thinking it led to a bedroom. She planned to hide in there until the seeker had gone. Unfortunately, the door that led to the back stairs fell straight down to the bottom stairs. She was dead when he picked her up. We all promised to be careful, Mrs. Goldman. He even made a little joke about having lying to his, having living to 90. You see, none of us known the little girl. We did not want to feel sad about on Christmas Eve. Well, we all started going immediately after dinner. Young Reggie Sampson went round making sure all the lights were off. Said the ones in the servants' room, the sitting room where we were. And we prepared twelve sheets of paper, eleven of them were blank. One had me written on it. Reggie mixed them all up and we each took one. The person who got the paper said Smee on it had to hide. I looked at mine and I saw it was blank. A moment later all the electrical lights went out. In the darkness I heard someone moving every quietly to the door. In a moment, minute, somebody blew a whistle. We rushed the door. I had no idea who Smee was. For five or ten minutes 
all rushing up and down passages, in and out of rooms, turning to each other, and answering, it's me, it's me. I'd rather know he's died down and guess that someone had found me. After the time I found into a group of people, all sitting on narrow stairs, I challenged to see no answer. So Smee was there. I hurriedly joined the group. Presently two more players arrived. Each one was hurrying up to avoid each la- being last. Derek Sensen was last. We're giving in a forfeit. I think we were here. Here now, aren't we? He remarked. He does a match. Looked up at the staircase. We're going to count. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, he said. They laughed. That's silly. There's one too many. The match went on. And he lit another and began to count. He thought... He got as far as twelve when he looked puzzled. If I see people here, he said, I haven't come to myself yet. Oh, nonsense, I laughed. You probably began with yourself. And you know you wanted to count yourself. And you, now you want to count yourself twice. His son took the electric torch. It gave a bit of light in the matches. We all began to count. Of course, we were twelve of us. Jack laughed. Well, he said, I'm sure I counted thirteen twice. When well, halfway up the stairs, Violet Sanson spoke nervously. I thought there was somebody sitting on two steps from me, above me. Have you moved, Captain Ramson? The captain said he hadn't. But I thought there was something, somebody sitting in between Miss Sampson and me just for a moment. It was uncomfortable something in the air. A cold finger seemed to touch us all. But at that moment we all felt that something odd and unpleasant had happened. And there was likely to happen again. We laughed at ourselves and each other. We felt no more again. There was only twelve of us. That was it. That, still laughing, we marched back to the sitting room to begin again. This time I was me, Violet Sangson, found me while I was searching for the hiding place. They didn't last long. Soon there were twelve people. Game was over. Violet felt cold and nodded her jacket. Her husband went up to the bathroom, bedroom to stretch it. As soon as he'd gone, Reggie touched me on the arm. He was looking pale and sick quick. You wish I'd got to talk to you. Something horrible has happened. Went in the breakfast room. What's the matter? I asked. I don't know you was me last time you weren't you. Well, of course I didn't know you who me was. While mother and never ran to the west side of the house, I found you. I went east. There's a deep clothes closet covered in my bedroom. It looks like a good hiding place. I thought that perhaps me might be there. I opened the door in the dark and would touch somebody's hands. Me, I whispered. There's another answer I found, I thought I found me. Well, I didn't, uh, well, I don't stand it. But suddenly I had a strange cold feeling. I couldn't describe it. I felt something was wrong. The turn electric talk on my touch talks to nothing there, nobody there. Now I'm sure I touched a hand and nobody could get in the cupboard because I was standing in the doorway. What do you think? You imagined that you touched a hand? I said. I said, a short, I gave a short laugh. I knew we really say that. He said, of course I imagined it. It was any explanation, wasn't it? Isn't it? I agreed with him. I could see it. He still felt shaken. Together we gone to turn to the sitting room for another game of Smee. The others were already waiting to start again. Perhaps that was my imagination, though. I felt sure it was not. But I had a feeling that nobody was really enjoying the game anymore. But everyone was too polite to mention it. All the time I had the feeling that something was wrong. All the fun had gone out of the game. Something deep inside of me tried to warn me. Take care, it whispered. Take care. It's more a natural and healthy influence at work in the house. Why did I know if this feeling with Jack Sanson and 20 to 13 people? Said 12. His son imagined he had touched someone's hand in an empty cupboard. I tried to laugh at myself, but I did not succeed. Well, we started again. 
Well, we were all chosen unknowns to me. War was noisy ever, but it seemed to me the most of us were just acting. We were no longer joined the game. At like first, I stayed with the others, but for several moments, notice me, you smell. I just leave was found. I left the main group and was searched, started searching on the first floor, the west side of this house. There and there I was, feeling away, way along. I bumped into a pair of human knees. I put my hand I put on my hand and touched a soft, heavy curtain. I knew where, where I was. There were tall, deep windows with window seats in a passage. Couldn't reach the floor. Someone was waiting on the corner of one of the same window seats. Put behind the curtain. Aha, I thought. I caught some So I touched the arm. Going one side. So I pulled the curtain one side. I touched the arm on his arm. A dark, moonless night. As I couldn't see the women sitting in the corner of the window seats. Me, I whispered. No answer. When Smee is challenged, he or she does not answer. So he sat down beside her to wait for the answer for the others. When I whispered, What's your name? One uh, out of the darkness beside me, a whisper came. Brenda Ford. I did not know that name, but I guessed that once he was, I knew every girl in the house my names. My name was at one, and that was a tall, pale, dark girl. So here she was, sitting beside me in the heavy win- by the window seat, shut in between the heavy curtain and the window. I began to enjoy the game. I wondered if she was enjoying it too. Which one or two other ordinary questions for her? I seen her reply. To me, it's a game of science. It's a rule, a game that's me. A person and persons who they have found me have to be quiet. This, of course, makes it harder for others to find them. But there was nobody else about. I wondered, therefore, why she was sitting on silence. I spoke again and no, no answer. I going to feel a little annoyed. Perhaps she was one of those cold, clever girls. A poor opinion of all men, I thought. She doesn't like me. He's using the rules of the game for excuse for not speaking. Well, she doesn't like sitting here with me, I say you don't wait. Don't want to sit with her. Turn away from her. Hope somebody finds her soon, I thought. As I sat there, I realised that this liked sitting beside the girl very much indeed. That was strange, a girl I'd seen at dinner. It seemed likeable in a cold kind of way. I noticed her. I wanted to know more about her, but for now I felt literally uncomfortable beside her, feeling something wrong, something unnatural was growing. I remember touching her arm. I trembled with horror. I wanted to jump up and run away. I prayed and somebody else would come along soon. I heard her thirty footsteps in the passage. Somebody in the other side of the curtain brushed against my knee. The curtain moved to one side. A woman's hand touched my shoulder. Smee, which was a voice I didn't recognise once. Is Miss Gorman? Of course you just see no answer. She came and put sat down beside me. I at once felt it much better. It's Tony Jackson, isn't it? She whispered, Yeah, I whispered back. You're not Smee, are you? No, she's on the other, on my other side. She reached out across me. I heard her nails scratch a woman's silk scratch. Hello, Smee. How are you? How are you? Oh, is it? It's against the rules to talk. Never mind, Tony. We break the rules, do you know? Tony's game beginning to annoy me a little. Hope you're going to play, not going to play it all evening. Oh, I would like to play a nice quiet game. Or look over beside a warm fire. Me too, agree. Can't we suggest something to them that's something rather unhealthy for this particular game? I'm sure I'm being silly, but I can't be get rid of the idea. The extra player is someone who ought not to be here at all. That was exactly how I felt. I didn't say so. However, I felt much better Miss Goldman's arrival. It traced away my fears. We sat talking. I wonder what the others 
Wonder when the others will find this, Miss Girl, said Miss Goldman. Oh, well, we heard a voice sound of feet. A young Reginald's voice shouting, Hello, hello, is somebody there? You were there? Yes, I was. Miss Goldman's with me. With you. Miss Goldman with you? Yes, what happened to you? We've got both got forfeits. Maybe we've been here for hours, but you haven't found Smee yet. I complained. You haven't, you mean? I was Smee this time. The Smee is here with you, us, I cried. Yes, agreed Mrs. Goldman. Coden was pulled back and we sat looking at the eye of Reggie's electrical torch. I looked at Miss Goldman and then at my other side. Between me and the wall was an empty place at the window seat. I looked up at once. And I sat down again. I was feeling very sick, and the world seemed to be going round and round. There's somebody here. I resisted because I touched her. So did I, said Mr. Goblin in a tremble voice. I don't think I'm anyone who leave his window seat without knowing us. No, without us knowing. Reggie came with a shaking little laugh. I've only some pleasant experience at this morning. So he's been playing drunk, she said. Are you coming down? We were not very popular when we came down to sit room. I found the two of them sitting behind the curtain, window seat, said Reggie. I sat up with, sat, went up to the dark, tall dark girl. So you pretended to be Smee. You went away, I excused her. She took her head, head. Afterwards we all played cards in the sitting room. I was very glad. Sometime later, Jack Sanson wanted to talk to me. I could see that he was rather cross with me. As soon he told me the reason. Tony said, I suppose you will love Miss Goldman. It's your business, but please don't make love to her. How's doing the game? You keep everyone waiting. Very rude of you, I'm ashamed of you. But we were not alone, I protested. There's someone else, uh, else there. There's someone who was pretending to be me, I believe. The that tall, dark girl, Miss Ford. You missed her the name to me. Of course you refused to admit it afterwards. Jack Sterrinson stared at me. Miss who? You've been running the Ford, she said. Jack put a hand in his shoulder. Look here, Tony. He said, I don't mind a joke. That's enough is enough. We don't want to bury the lady. Brenda Ford is the name of the girl with broken neck and tires. She's playing high seek there ten years ago. The end. <laughs>